Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in once again to Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the national championship game between Florida State and Auburn. We're also going to cover some of the other exciting bowl games that we had over these past few weeks. We're going to talk about the crazy weekend we just had in the NFL playoffs, as well as some NBA and MMA talk. Of course, I'm going to be joined by my co-hosts from Dead End Hip Hop, BZ, Ken, and FIFO. So make sure that you pass the word about the best show on the internet right now, Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. So without further ado, let's go. Once again, it is Tuesday night, January 7th. Happy New Year. Happy 2014. Uh, This is Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. I am your host, 12 Kyle. Once again, this is Dead End Sports. Uh, The phone number to contact us, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646 Four seven eight zero three five six. This is an interactive sports show. We ask that you not just listen to the show, be a part of the show, participate in tonight's discussion. A couple of ways you can do that: you can log into the chat room. Our chat room is always open and interactive. Just create a profile for yourself and participate in tonight's discussion. You can also hit us up on Twitter. Uh, follow the show at Dead End Sports. Uh, you can also check out our website, DeadEndSports.com. Uh, make sure that you tune in each and every Tuesday night. This show is being broadcast live uh, each and every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you miss if you miss any parts of the show, didn't catch live, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash deadendsports. Uh, first show for 2014. Uh, we don't want to keep you guys waiting, so without further ado, let me go ahead and bring in my co-host. You know him from Dead End Hip Hop. Uh, we got uh, my boys. Uh, Ken and FIFO, fellas, what's going on? What's good? Chilling, man, yeah, chilling. Happy New Year, fellas. Happy New Year. Same to you, man. Yeah, man, it's time to get it, get it cracking. We we've we haven't done a show in two weeks, so uh, a lot of stuff has happened in the, in the world of sports. Um, so we won't keep the people waiting. We're going to get in hot and heavy. Uh, once again, the phone number to call in area code six four six. Four seven eight zero three five six. I would be remiss if I didn't tell you guys we were man short tonight. My man Beasy had an emergency come up, so Beasy's not going to be on tonight. But um, you know, if he gets a chance to call in, he will. Uh, but if not, it's just going to be the three of us. So just hit us up six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Tell a friend, tell a friend. Password dead in sports. Back on the air again. Um, man, there's so much sports to talk about. Uh, I guess we'll go back uh, less than 24 hours ago, uh, the national championship game. Auburn (laughs) versus Florida State. Auburn came in as a 10-point underdog. Um, You know, odds were stacked against them. Uh, 
and they jumped out on Florida State to a 21-3 lead, ending up losing the game in the last second. Jameis Winston drives the team down uh, for the go-ahead score on a two-yard pass to uh, Kelvin Benjamin. Um, so I'll start right there with you, FIFO, man. What was your what was your, your overall thoughts on the national championship game? Uh, what a way to go out with the BCS. Um, an amazing game from beginning to end. You couldn't really write a better story. Um, you know, it was very storybook, very fairy tale. And I, the, the biggest thing, man, James Winston just, you know, I, I agree completely with Jimbo Fisher. That was the best game he played. And I'm 100% with his assessment of big time players. Because mm-hmm. people are human. You're not always going to be on. You're not always going to have it exactly. The mojo does not flow every night. And sometimes the defense just may have your number. But great player, every great player, when you need them most, game seven, closeout game, it, regardless of the sport, that championship game, they come through. That's what superstars Champions, that's what they do, and that is what Jameis Winston did, and you cannot take that away from him. Definitely, definitely. What about you, Ken? What, what's your take on it uh, as far as uh, the, the whole overall national championship game? Well, I, I, I think the game delivered what it needed to deliver uh, with it being the final BCS game, you know, in, in existence because we're going to this, this new playoff system. Um, I, I think FIFO was absolutely right when he said it was a storybook ending, and I think regardless of which team won, we would have had a storybook ending. So it, it, it was just up to you know, you know whoever had the lead at, at, at you know when the clock is zero, and um, and I think we would have been talking about the storylines for both teams because they both had great stories to tell. You know, right. considering everything that's happened with Auburn, uh, they fired their guy, you know, after he won a, a national championship, and then they bring this guy in, and, and he turns the team around. We know the... That's on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we know about the the historic, you know, classic finishes that they've endured just to get to the game, you know. And, and they came in, man, and I think, you know, when you have 30 days to prepare for a team, you will be prepared for a team if you have great coaching, and that's what it was. So I don't want to hear when people sit here and talk about, you know, the the 104th ranked defense and all this, that, and the other. You know, if you have a chance to sit down and evaluate what a team does, and you can prepare prepare strategies for them, and then then you are going to affect that game because you know their strengths and their weaknesses, and you'll mm-hmm. find ways to exploit that. Um, you know, it's not like it's Go ahead You you know what, I 100% agree with you But you also got to give credit to Auburn Because the way they came out That was more than just X's and O's Them boys had pop Right Oh yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. Them them boys were coming out there whapping people, man That's beyond X's and O's Them boys, mentally They, they I don't know what Coach said, but he mentally challenged them. I, I think that was beyond just putting them in the right place. Because they really felt like the underdog. And, and I think the defense really took exception to it. They're like, we're not going to be the reason why we lose this game. We're going to come out here and try to take these boys out. Yeah, I mean, they they play inspired football. And, and, you know, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, 
you kind of follow like my dialogue and commentary on the game. They were more inspired to win and play that game than Florida State, and and we kind of Florida State kind of had a, they came in cocky. And, and okay. Jameis Winston said this himself. He said, I'm going to go out here and blow these boys out. That was his words, not mine. So he, <laughs> didn't, he, he didn't think that he would encounter a game. And like you said before, them boys came out, man, and they started throwing haymakers left and right. And it, it took a minute for them to wake up and say, hey, you know, we got we're, we are here for a reason, too. And we have to go out here and win this game. And slowly, but sh- slowly, they started to kind of suck a little bit of the momentum out. And Auburn to get it didn't really put it away. So you you saw, you started to see during the ebb and flow of the game, Florida State started to kind of cheer and and pump up the crowd a little bit. You started to hear that tomahawk ch- uh, chop a little bit more as the game went on and on. And, and kind of the Auburn crowd got a little, you know, they got a little quiet. And well, all of a sudden, Auburn got a little quiet, and they played a little bit less motivated, you know, when they jumped out 21-3. So, overall, I mean, I, I got so much to say, and I don't want to carry on because I know we, we, we're going to talk about it. But, overall, I think it was a great game. I think it's exactly what we needed. And, um, personally, I'm glad of the outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I, man, you, you both made some great points, man. I, I think – um what stood out to me as far as the game was concerned was uh, just really Auburn's resolve. I mean, I, I didn't, and I'll be the first to admit, and you guys know this already, I, for those of you listening who don't know, I'm a huge Florida State fan, been a Florida State fan since I was a kid. So I, I try not to be biased when I speak, especially on this show. But I, I thought that Auburn, I, I didn't think that Auburn was going to come in and lay down. I just didn't know how Auburn's defense, defense was going to keep up with Florida State's offense. Uh, that being said, Auburn's defense punched, punched Florida State in the mouth. I mean, early and often. Uh, I think, and I think also the coaching staff, particularly the offensive, uh, the play calling uh, head coach Jimbo Fisher, who also calls the plays. I think they got a little uh, confident, a little cocky or whatever, as far as their play calling because they started throwing the ball. And I think um, the first play that they ran was a running play. Kid ran for 22 yards. And then, like, they went away from the run altogether. They got cute. And, you know, the, they were sending um, they were sending linebackers. And everything with blitzes were coming straight up the middle. They weren't coming off. Most teams blitz off the edge. Uh, they were they were blitzing right up the middle, so Jameis Winston couldn't step up in the pocket. I thought that the defensive coordinator of Auburn had a phenomenal game plan that he put into place. And, um, you know, it, it was just uh, I thought that they played – they played their hearts out that deep because that defense wasn't that good this year, but they stepped up to the challenge. Um, another thing that stood out to me was, you know, Jameis Winston was a little rattled. You know, I don't think he in all the Florida State games I've seen, seen this year, I don't remember him being hit and hit that early and often during the game. Um, you know, he's gonna like Ken say he's gonna say that he did he wasn't rattled, but he was rattled. Um, and and I, the only other time I've seen him rattled was. Uh, in the ACC championship game, and it wasn't so much because of what Duke was doing, but he had just gotten exonerated the day before with his uh, case or what have you. So, you know, I, I'm pretty sure his his he was amped up and his nerves were probably really high. Um, and, you know, he was pa- having passed a sale on him and things of that nature. But um, I think one thing that kind of stood out to me really was 
And Ken, you tweeted it to me last night. You said that, you know, Florida State had too much talent to play this bad. And you knew at some point in time the talent was going to kick in. And, um, you know, the, the game changer really was that fake punt. Uh, down 21-3 to in their own territory. Uh, it was fourth and I think like sixth. And uh, Florida State goes for a fake punt. And um, they fake the punt. They get the score. Um, I'm excuse me, they get the first down and go eventually go on the score. And, um, you know, that was a momentum shift in the game. Uh, so I think those things stood out to me. Uh, phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. You're listening live to Dead End Sports. I am your host, 12 Kyle. And this is Dead End Sports. Got Ken and FIFO on here. And join us. Hit us up. 646-478-0356. Now, there's been a lot of talk uh, since the game ended, whether or not, because Auburn had the 18-point lead, um, whether or not they gave the game away or did, you know, Florida State, you know, kind of take the game back under their control. So, So, FIFO, I'll start with you. Did Auburn give this game away, or did Florida State take away the victory? Um, I think Florida State took away the victory. Um, you know, I think that at the beginning of the game, for some, and, and this is, you know, this is an aspect of college football, I guess, for me, I don't particularly like, but it is part of the college game. And remember, I talked about it before, momentum and then the crowd noise. You know, at the beginning of the game, you're right, Jameis was definitely rattled. I thought, because, you know, thank God for technology and HDTVs and all of that, they can zoom in on the boy's face and his eyes were huge. Mm-hmm. Huge in that first quarter. <laughs> Them say, I've been on the court, I've been on the field, and I've been nervous out there, and I know I know the look. <laughs> I know the look. So The deer in the headlights look. Yes, yes, and it was loud. Auburn really controlled. Auburn had everything going for itself with the crowd, the way yep. that Florida was marching down the field. That crowd was really loud against Florida State. I think that rattled them. That defense, the way they came out firing like that, like coaches like, hey, go hit them, and they went and they, they got them. And I think all of that had a factor into it. And, and it's kind of interesting that the fake punt came, you know, kind of sort of really near midfield where it was a microcosm of the game because as soon as they got that momentum and they got onto their side of the field when they had the whole, oh, and they felt like they was at home, that's kind of when the game changed. And, and, and I just think Florida got it because – that that punt, that momentum change, and then the score, that was them. That was coaching. That was, you know, what else do you have to lose to this? Because here's, if you punt it away and then boys score again, game's over. And, yeah. Yeah. and if you don't score a touchdown, game's over. The game is over. So Florida State took it. Auburn still played good. Yeah, they missed the field goal. That's a missed opportunity. This is college football. This is not the pros. So, you know, but I think, I just think Florida State took it, man. They, they they took the chance. They're the ones that gambled. They got it. And, 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 and it paid off in the end. And at the end of the day, Damon Wilson saw why he was a high school. Right. He was the best football player in college football. And, and so he doesn't get paid when he got the trophy. 
definitely, definitely, definitely. What about you, Ken? Did 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 Florida State take that away, or did uh, Auburn give it away? This is a this is a real real easy answer for me. I mean, Florida State took it, and you know, Auburn dictated and controlled the whole first half, and mm-hmm. and watching that game, I had doubts as to whether or not Florida State would even compose themselves and make a game of it to at least make the score look respectable, to play better, to say, hey, you know what, we may have came out here a little little jitter at first, but we kind of got it together, but the slow start, you know, it kind of, you know, we couldn't overcome that. Fine. So I thought they would at least make it competitive. But once they got the momentum going, you know, like people said, that, that fake punt was a microcosm of the game. Yeah, it – it it helped shift the momentum, but when I saw that play, I was like, okay, this is great, but you have to finish it. And right. and, and Jimbo did a great job of giving Winston a chance and his team, no, not Winston, giving Florida State a chance to finish a drive. Everything went Auburn's way a little bit in the first half, and they, you know, they've always played this way. This is how they played the punt, you know, took away a drive from Florida State. You know, right. and other times, Auburn's defense, like, they were just playing flat out of their mind, and they took another drive away from Florida State. So Florida State really couldn't gain any momentum and sustain a drive. So finally, after that punt, in one of the elite running back's hands that they have, they they converted. But still, it was tough. It was still a tough, grinded-out score that they had to just gut out and, and, and get but even then, even still, the way that game was going, I felt that, you know what, uh, Auburn's feeling it right now. They feel like they really are the better team, and, and we know that confidence is something. So they're just going to walk back down down the field, and they're going to score again, and they're just going to keep this going on. Because Auburn was more in, of in a rhythm than Florida State was, and that was a big factor in the game. But when halftime came about and the score was only 11 points, and I think I, I, I hit you up, Cal, and I said, you know what, Winston's eyes, like people right. were talking about his eyes in the first half, I said his, his eyes are now focused and locked in because mm-hmm. they know that now we have a chance because overall Florida State is the better team on defense and the better team right. offensively. They're a better team overall around. So once they compose themselves, made the halftime adjustments, great coaches do that. You know, exactly. the great talent overall won, and eventually one thing that that was key for me in the first half was that that defense was was able to get the stops that they needed against Auburn. So um, in the second half, I think that Florida State eventually just wore them down, and they just kept coming, and they just mm-hmm. kept coming. And all of a sudden, what are you doing if you're Auburn? You know, oh, man, shit, you're looking up, and it's like, damn, <laughs> right. you know, it's an eight-point game. You know, exactly. they, maybe they are. You know, you, you're still thinking because Auburn had all the confidence in the world, right? They they were they they were not worried, but it's a game now. Mm-hmm. And and Marshall threw the pick, and and next thing you know, here we go. So now it's a one point game. So to me, Florida State took that game because they won that game the way they have won games all year. And I've watched these guys as soon as I saw Winston's first game. And this is the reason why I felt that they were the better team in the in, in college football because it wasn't Winston. Winston's the leader. Winston can make the throws. He can make the plays. 
But they're running. Their their defense was was fantastic this year. Yes, it and was. And they have three running backs that that can pop it at any, at any given moment. So overall, as a team, they were better in all positions, and we saw what they did with the special team. So I think eventually that wore down on Auburn, who was really you know they were kind of like a one trick pony, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it it worked to perfection because guess what? They took the lead. At, and with the minute and 19 seconds left, and they were up by four, and I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> you know what? And I, I'm sorry I'm going long-winded with this, but no, I had somebody talk about this game got, when I was watching. Cover. Go ahead. Take your time. Yeah, but but when when, <laughs> when Mason popped it, and 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 he just ran, he just flat out ran over that safety. He, 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 yeah, he did. Come back. <laughs> but uh, when he yeah, ran he over struck. that safety, I – I, I I was literally I won't say I no I wasn't stunned I was really surprised I just sat back and I was like huh <laughs> and all I could do was laugh because I'm like they really they really might be a team of destiny this is crazy mm-hmm. I couldn't believe what I was watching how could they continue to do do this over and over and over again but then I said to myself I said you know what if you want to win a Heisman champion like people said. If you if you are a Heisman, you got the Heisman, and you want to prove that you are you deserve that Heisman, you go out and you win this game, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what he did. They came out, he executed, he wanted the ball. He said it in, in the post. He said, "I wanted it. This is what I wanted. This is what I asked for." He got it, and he delivered. And everybody that underperformed in the first half performed in the second half. Benjamin, right. fifty-four yards, game-winning touchdown. Uh, Green. The 49-yard scamper, which they've been doing that all year too, on what a right. screen pass. I've been calling for a screen pass the whole damn game. <laughs> you were, they ran two on that final drive. <laughs> You're so, right, too. You're right. So yeah, Graham was, Kim was uh, calling for a screen pass like since the first quarter. <sighs> I was because they, they were killing them with the blitzes. I'm like, how are you guys? Why yeah, you that's guys? Only, not, that's the way you slow a blitz down. You you screen them, screen them to death. I, yeah, um, I, I was, man, I, was you, you, I was. You, you had some great but, points, man. I I think um, it's uh, it, I think. You know what? What really, really stands out too. I think, like you said, I think Florida State took it because I think there there came a point in time where they realized, and maybe it was overconfidence. I'm not sure what it was, but they realized like we're the better team. You know, they got mm-hmm. us. And 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 call me a fan. I don't know, but they, at no point in time did I think the game was out of reach for Florida State because one thing I know about football is that. You know, much like basketball too, but more so football. If you fall behind early, you still have time. What you start doing is you start looking at the clock and you saying, "Okay, well, we 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 figured that we're going to get at least six or seven more possessions. In these six or seven more possessions, we'll get a score." And all they needed was a break. And it seemed like everybody, like you said, Ken, everybody was maybe they were waiting on Jameis to make a play. Somebody had to make a play, and that you know, fake punt was a shot in the arm. That uh, that. Uh, Kickoff return was huge because yeah. Auburn really had the momentum going forward at that point in time, and then that kick return going back for a touchdown was, was I mean, it, it, right there put them back in the game. Um, I didn't like the that phantom. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that was. It wasn't like conduct call on a two point conversion, but that's just me talking as a fan. Um, one other question I have for you guys, and, and I, I saw this this morning. I, I normally don't watch first take but I got a chance to see it today um I mean I think Skip Coolis is he's a jerk but that's another story 
but he kind of downplayed Jameis's performance. He said Jameis, you know, dinked and dunked, and he didn't go down down the field, and I didn't he didn't see him perform as if you know the high and and traditionally Heisman Trophy winners have not performed well in their bowl game subsequently after winning the Heisman. I was kind of worried about that for Jameis because that's been the kind of tradition really going uh, for the past few years. Heisman Trophy winners in their bowl games don't play that well. Um, that being said, Jameis wasn't playing that well, but, you know, they kind of shortened the passing game for him, you know, they because that's where, you know, like you said, screens and, and quick routes, that's how you – Get a you know a, a blitzing team off of you. You 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 know you drop back and you let the ball go quickly. How would you assess Ken Jameis's performance? Because I thought and, and and people said it earlier. I thought he played a great game. He he didn't he didn't play. You know he wasn't you know twenty for twenty five for three hundred yards. But when the game, it's almost like that guy who is. You know, your shot's not falling. Then you say, okay, well, hey, I'm going to get some rebounds or something like that to get us back in the game. Come fourth quarter, we need you. And then the buckets start falling in. You know what I'm saying? So I, I thought he played phenomenal, particularly in the fourth quarter and crunch time and money time when they needed him. How would you assess Jameis Winston's performance last night, Cam? Oh, man, I'm, I'm so glad you, you asked me this question, Kyle, because I got, I got into it with a guy on Twitter, a little debate with a guy on Twitter <laughs> about, about this, this exact same topic. Uh, I, I like Skip, man. I, I respect Skip's knowledge and, and everything about him. I know that he uh, he truly believes in what he said. So if he want to downplay Winston's performance, uh, go ahead. But I, I, I think what he said, uh, you know, it's, a, it's hypocrisy, man, because – what has he said about Tebow all every game he plays? Winner. <laughs> he's a winner. He's yeah, a winner. That's what he said, he's a winner. You know, he finds a way to win, and that makes him special, and that makes him this. And you know, Manziel can have a terrible game, and 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 you know, somehow he'll find a way to win, and you know, he's special because he can run around all over the field and do this, that, and another. Let me say this about Jameis Winston's game. He played a terrible game. Jameis Winston was good when he needed to be. Or no, no, no. He right. was great when he needed to be great. And that changed how the outlook on this game. I totally agree with with Bifo and, and Jimbo. That was the best game he's ever played because of the adversity, because of the circumstances that he had to endure to win that game, because he had to take his team down and throw the game-winning drive in a situation he hasn't been in the whole season. And that's why I said at the very beginning of the year that this boy was something special because you could just see how composed he was at any given moment on the field, except last night. But then he finally found it. He finally got his rhythm. And, and credit to the coaches for, you know, uh, making their adjustments because that's what they needed to do. Jameis mm-hmm. was trying to go out there and throw for 500 yards. You know, he was trying to go for the big class plays and everything right. else. You know, when that first possession, I was like, oh, they're they going to work these boys. And then, you know, uh, they had to settle for a field goal. And then, you know, the punt inside the five-yard line and the game changed at that point. But Jameis Winston was terrible. You know, I, I was absolutely disgusted with Florida State uh, throughout most parts of the game until the fourth quarter. He was terrible. You know, but he was great when he needed to be great, and, and, and that's all he needed to do. Jordan can go for five for 30, but as long as those five shots he make are in the fourth quarter, 
He's the best ever. Right. And that's what right. people remember. And that's what people will remember about Jameis Winston because he was 6 for 7 on the game-winning drive, and I think he was 9 for 10 with 177 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. In the yeah, fourth quarter on the last with, with very decent, respectable numbers. Yeah, when you when you need to put him up, he put him up. Mm-hmm. But before then, he was terrible. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. But, nah, I mean, but he won the game, and, you know, he goes down in history, and his performance is one of the best ever, considering the way the game ended for him. So, you know, same thing with Trey, Ma- Trey Mason. I know we're talking about James Winston, but same thing with, mm-hmm. with oh, Mason. 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 If Auburn beast, wins that man. game, you know. He was a beast last night. He, he I mean, got him on that yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, he was. What about you, FIFO? What, what, what was your? I, I know you mentioned you talked about it a little earlier. What was your overall take on on Jameis's performance last night? You know, this is actually the reason why I had on Twitter asked if um, Jameis Winston is the next great NFL quarterback. Maybe <laughs> even for real, this is, this is the reason why. And, and I wanted to just kind of be with Ken, like. He, and, and I said it, he was a deer, you know, in the headlights. He he did not look good. And because the, the defense was so aggressive, Jimbo had to scale down the offense. And you know what? As a DB, as a former DB, I feel like I could have made a, a, a play or two on a couple of Winston's balls because all they did was run comebacks all day. Comebacks, comebacks, comebacks. Because I don't know why Auburn wanted to play a zone. I would have manned them boys up. Hey, let's go. Let's go. It worked. You know, but, you know, I, I would have manned up and I would have and I would have kept blitzing. I would have took away all of that quick stuff. I would have played two over the top and, and, and just take all of that away. And just take all of that away. You know, but um, that Jameis played when he had to play. He made the plays he had to make. You know, because that one to green, that was like a like a five six yard pass that he mm-hmm. turned into a forty some yard game. Yep. Right, right. You know, so 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 the offense had to be scaled back because of Auburn's, you know, uh, aggressiveness. But you know, he he played the game he had to play. I was a superstar when I needed when I needed to be a superstar. Mm-hmm. Football is the ultimate team sport. My guys had me. They kept, they kept us in it. I came through when I needed to come through, and, and we won. We were the better team. That's all it is, you know. So I don't think it was a great game by him, but it didn't need to be. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think he he realized that. He realized that, you know, he didn't have to make all the plays. You just got to make one or two plays. And then the rest of the guys were going to come with you because, you know, as he goes, they, they win. And – um you know, and like you said, people, that's where the great players are defined. They're defined, you know, by what they do in crunch time. And, you know, can you say you got worried? I really honestly wasn't that worried because I know that, in, especially in college football, um, when you have, I mean, even when I was in school, when, we, when I played at South Carolina State, we would practice those scenarios each and every week. We put the ball on the 20, coach said, okay, you got to go 80 yards, we, he put on the clock. He said, "Okay, 80 yards, no timeouts, 53 seconds left, and then we'd start calling plays and just run them, just like we were." And so every team in America simulates that week in and week out. This it's the two minute drill. For me personally, that was one of my favorite uh, parts of practice each week because it's a real life situation that you're going to face either 
at the end of a game or, at, or going into halftime. Um, and, you know, it's good for me because I know we're throwing the ball. So <laughs> so I didn't have to worry about anything. But, um, you know, so and, and in college football, that's a lot of time. And, and uh, you know, I think Musburger made uh, – uh, either Musburger or Kirk Herbstreit last night said, you know, they left a lot of time on the clock. And, you know, I thought – that was a great pass to, to to Green, and he broke it for 49 yards. Which and it should have been more because it was a horse collar on the end of the play. But um, you know, Winston still made a couple more throws in there to um, to Benjamin, and then obviously the touchdown pass to Benjamin. Um, but phenomenal. I mean, just a phenomenal performance. And you know, whether or not and we talked about it a little earlier on Twitter, you know, whether or not he turns out to be a great NFL quarterback, I'm not sure. Because uh, there's still a lot of time left. Obviously, he has to come back for another year, um, and you just you never know. I mean, hopefully, success doesn't go to. His, I mean, he seems like he's grounded uh, with all the stuff that he's gone through, and and people t- people still forget. I mean, the kid turned 20 yesterday, <laughs> so um, I I can only imagine what it's like to be 20 years old and be Jameis Winston walking around with a national championship at Florida State University. I can only you guys been on the campus. So you know what it's like. <laughs> so I can only imagine. And so, you know, if he stays grounded and uh I know that he's going to play baseball uh you know, here shortly with the baseball team. So if he stays grounded and he stays focused, I mean I, I think he could be a very good pro. You know, could he be Cam I don't I don't know. It I think sky's the limit with this kid. Sky is the limit. Um, phone number to call in area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Hit us up six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Um, man, so much stuff has happened. Uh, we we had obviously a crazy national championship game last night. Um, also, this past weekend in the NFL, uh, the NFL playoffs happened. Uh, wild card weekend was crazy. Uh, you had one game and frigid sub-zero temperatures, uh, some nail biters. Three of the four games were close. A epic uh, fail or <laughs> a epic win, if you want to, depending on which way you look at it. Um, FIFA, what stood out to you this past weekend in the NFL playoffs? Man, um, <laughs> I wish it would have been the Colt game, but <laughs> I actually missed it because once the Chiefs went up 38-10, to 10, I believe, that, that was a score, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Man, I man, there were some things I needed to go do, some things I needed to do around right. the house. I had to go to Lowe's and stuff. I come back, and I'm like, well, damn, I missed the best damn game of the weekend, huh? <laughs> so I, I, I was kind of <laughs> mad at that. So, you know, I, I found out about it on ESPN, so I, I really wish I would have watched that. But um, the thing, the, the, the best game for me, man, was Green Bay and San Fran. Um, you know, I don't care what nobody says. Cold is cold because it is cold as hell in Atlanta right now. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just I, that's why I was never really born a football player. Get me inside this arena that has either AC or heat, and I was going to play my basketball. But this football outside, man, that is cold out there, man. For them boys to be playing, no sleeves. No, no, I'm like, man, that boy Kaepernick didn't sting. Uh, that defense, San Fran. Look, I think I think the NFC is going to come down to San Fran and Seattle again. Okay. Okay, okay. Really what about do. you, Ken? What, what stood out to you uh, this past weekend in the NFL? 
Whew. Besides the obvious, the, the, the immense failure by Kansas City, um, the Bengals, and I, I, you know, I don't even want to touch Kansas City, man. That 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 has been dissected uh, every which way. Um, it, the injuries I've, I felt played a, a a bit of a factor because it does changes how you call plays. But thirty eight to ten is thirty eight to ten, so you know. I, but anyway, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals just blowing uh, a grand opportunity, man, to. Um, to win that game, you know the the, mm-hmm. the damn Chargers played uh, terrible. Rivers had 128 yards passing. Well, I won't say mm-hmm. they played terrible. I, I just say that that um they they didn't have to do much to win that game because right. the Bengals kept giving it to them. You know, so Rivers didn't have to do much because um, but but I, I think Dalton tried to be too much of a hero. And um and I think he needed to relax and I think once that like if if you have the momentum going in ten seven then um you know I I think you know after especially that dreadful fumble by by Bernard you know that's something right because you you still got oh, something on the clock you know and um and you just have to come out and just do what you do in the second half and I just think Dalton tried to do more than what he's capable of doing. Especially when he's out trying to run the freaking ball. Where are you going to go, bro? Where are you going to go? You're uh, you're not sneaky athletic. You know, so, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, A.J. Green couldn't get open. The, the second oh, best player in the, in the NFL, according to some people on Twitter. When I'm telling you that boy ain't. You know, and... Um, so, yeah, man, just just the way they just, they just flop, man. I... I don't want to blame Marvin Lewis for that one. It, it, it's tough for me not to, it, just based on his record, we could say, damn, man, you, you just can't get it done. But Dalton was just flat out pathetic. Marvin Lewis can't go out there and, and, and throw the ball and, and run the ball and, and, and fall forward. I, I just see Marvin Lewis running out there scrambling and falling forward and giving but up the I'll, ball. I'll, I'll say this silly, again. Silly I'm, I'm going to throw some numbers out at you. Marvin Lewis's record. 90, 90, and 1. 90 wins, 90 losses, 1 tie, 0 for 5 in the playoffs. That's not winning football. And in a lot of places, you'd have been, he'd have been fired by now. I mean, hell. And you know uh, what? Go ahead, FIFO. You're right, Kyle. You're right, Kyle. He would be fired in a lot of places. But when he took over that Cincinnati Bengals team, they were ass last. They Thank were you. trash. He brought it from the bottom. Okay. They were like, I like Marvin. Wait, 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 I just think that at some and, and I remember Bill Parcells saying this one point in time. He said at some point in time, you know, that voice gets old and and they you just have to hear another voice. And mm-hmm. I think they're really at that point. I mean, you know, you can't go I mean and he's he's the right now he's the second longest tenured coach in the NFL behind uh Bill Belichick in, in New England. I just think it's time, man. I mean and, and no Andy Dalton didn't help him at all because Andy Dalton kept giving the damn ball away. I mean, I thought he was – I mean, Andy Dalton was out there being Tony Romo. He was out Tony Romo and Tony Romo. But the problem is is that 
you know, for as much and, and, and don't get me wrong, I understand they lost Geno Atkins, who's probably the best uh at his position in, in the NFL. Um so they had injuries, but I mean the the San Diego Chargers just line I mean, the Chargers didn't do anything special. They just turned around and Rivers just turned around and hand the ball off. That's all he did. And they ran the ball up and down their throats, and they lived off of the turnovers. And, and San Diego's not a, a defense that's going to scare you. And to lose like that at home and play that bad, you know, I, I'm not saying that he should be fired. I wouldn't be surprised if he was, but, you know, he's very close to the owner and, and everything, so I think he's safe. But that's just, I mean, I, when I see Marvin Lewis and I see Andy Dalton, you know who I see? I see Matt Ryan and Mike Smith. Two guys who can't get it done. Mm. When it counts. I disagree there. You know what I see? I see the Houston Texans and Matt Schaub. That's what okay. I see. This is Matt Schaub all over again. Andy Dalton is a decent starting quarterback, but I think he is a career backup guy. I don't think he, he, he – he's a serviceable starter, kind of like Kyle Orton is. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But, he, but long term, he is a backup guy. They now you do know his contract them. comes up next year. So do you is, is he a hundred million dollar quarterback? I don't think no, so. Hell no. <laughs> no, no, hell no. They need they need to go draft him a quarterback this year. That's what they need to do. They need to draft him a quarterback this year. I would say move up in the draft, do whatever you can, but they need a quarterback. And they and, and, and realistically, once you get an efficient quarterback. Like, if they had Alex Smith, they'd be all right, too. Right. You and, know and, okay. All right. No, that, that, that's just a, a couple of things I want to I, I address here. First, first, I go to Andy Dalton. This is, what, his third year in the league, 10 wins, 11 wins. And, and I, I guess if you're looking at what he's done in the playoffs, it, it's, it's valid. But the guy's in his third year in the league, you know, and he, he, he he's winning games in the regular season. So is it kind of fair to look at him like that? I, don't, okay. you know, I think it might okay. be a little okay. bit early, so wait, I don't wait, know. Wait, wait. That, that's that's the one thing, you. so I'll let you guys answer that. I'll throw this one thing at you, Ken. He has one touchdown with seven interceptions in the playoffs. I don't care. If it was seven touchdowns with seven interceptions, I feel him. One touchdown to seven. Nope, nope, I'm sorry. You are career backup. I won't put him in a backup status just yet. And But I think part of the problem is, Ken, is that we're in the deliver now moment type of thing. So, you know, when you're giving these quarterbacks these, this kind of money, you know, they're, it's expected for them to take, take their teams to the next level. I mean, you see a guy like Flacco who is, you know, who just – Got him a hundred million dollar deal on the strength of his on the strength of him taking them to the Super Bowl. Same for Matt Ryan, who hasn't won but one playoff game as well. Um, you know, so it, it's it's twofold. I mean, you 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 want to pay these guys and they're worth it. They're, they're face of the franchise, but at the same time, you have to deliver. Um, you know, they're going to have to San Francisco going to have to break break the bank for uh, Kaepernick. Um, I mean, that's it, that's it is what it is. Uh, but he's delivered. He's taken him to a Super Bowl, um, and so he has the credentials. Dalton, I'm not quick to throw dirt on Dalton just yet. He has to play better. I think more of the blame falls at the feet of Marvin Lewis than anybody else because he's the head coach. And if they're going to get over the hump, I don't know that Marvin's going to be the guy to get him over the hump. 
that's just my. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to Marvin Lewis, but but back to Dalton. I, w- I want to ask you this, um, Kyle. Do you think that if Marino played in this era and he was 0-3 in the playoffs, you know, and we all know he didn't win a Super Bowl, but he was right. great. And, you know, but he never won a Super Bowl. Right. Would we be having the same conversation about him? Uh, or no, and I'm going to tell you why. Because Marino was, uh, and, and, I, and I'm going to tell you this because I, Marino's my favorite quarterback growing up as a kid, uh, still is. Um, Marino was a phenomenal talent, number one draft pick. Uh, he was, you know, obviously the face of the franchise, but he he set records at Pitt in college. You know, so he was, I don't want to say he was Peyton Manning, but he was Peyton Manning-esque. He had that kind of hype and everything coming with him. And the fact that he took them to the Super Bowl his rookie year, and he set all these passing records and the records for touchdowns and things of that nature. I mean, Marino was just that guy. If Marino played in this era, he would, with his talent, he would shatter all of the records that they put up. Now, that's just my personal opinion. Um, he never had a, a, a Marvin Harrison. I mean, he had dope receivers, but he never had a Marvin Harrison or a Jerry Rice to throw to. Um, but Dalton is not right on here. that tier of quarterback just yet. Dalton is, he's with the, the Matt Ryans and the, and I don't even know if he's, uh, depending on where you're with Matt Ryan. But, we're talk, but you, you're saying that, and, Marino's probably just the worst example that I could pull out, but he was the first right. one that came to mind because he never won a Super Bowl. And I know he's, mm-hmm. he, he's you know, I, I know what he's done in the regulars in the postseason, but I'm, based on what we're doing now, and you said that this was a win-now era, you know, hey, if, if we're grading everybody by Super Bowls, because that's, that's what it sounds like now, that we're grading every team and coach on whether or not they make it to the Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl. We saw what happened with Lovey Smith. The guy played in a, in a freaking Super Bowl, and they kicked him to the curb. Right. You know? It's I mean, a, it's, it's, it's a win. I mean, we just saw a coach get fired after one year. <laughs> I mean, so up in Cleveland, uh, Chazinski. Um, it, it's I, – I don't make – I I totally get where you're coming from. I don't make the rules, but I will say this much. It's, is it, it's not necessarily fair, but – you know, I'm like I said, I don't have as much qualms with Dalton as I do Marvin Lewis because to play that bad as as bad as they played, and to have his and, and Marvin Marvin Lewis is known as a defensive guy. He came from Baltimore as a defensive guy, and his I mean his defense got pushed around at home. I mean it'd be different if if he, if, if 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 his team had to go on the road and play in sub sub zero weather. I I would I give him a little pass for that, but I mean he played at home. You know, and not necessarily bad weather, and you got pushed around. So, no, they, they, Dalton kept giving them the ball. What are you gonna do? But, but I, <laughs> and my, I understand that. But my point is, is that at the end of the day, it falls at the feet of the head coach. You can't, you can't get rid of Dalton right now. You can get rid of Lewis. I'm not saying that Marvin Lewis needs to be fired. I'm just saying that Marv, I don't know that Marvin Lewis is the guy to take them where they're trying to go. Because this team, the, the team that they have right now, the Cincinnati has, they are definitely a second, at least a second round team. Can, can we all agree on that? Yeah, what happened? But, 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 I, wait, hold on. I, hold on. I agree. Hold on, Kyle. Hold on, Kyle. Because what, what, what did Belichick do in Cleveland? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And what did he get in New England? Oh, he's, he he's got you know, he'll go into Hall of Fame from, from what he's done in New England. He got Bledsoe. And then he got Brady. 
and he's right. been straight. Marvin Lewis has had Carson Palmer, which at his peak, <laughs> his prime, he was really good. Then he got hurt. Then he just mm-hmm. his career went backwards. I don't know. Right. I, don't, I, mean, I don't even understand how fast he fell off. But at, when he was nice, he was very nice. He, he was an up and coming, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Then he got hurt, and then he gets Dalton. Come on. He has not had – and think about this. Look at the team that he was able to assemble. That's part of the coach and the GM. That's mm-hmm. what I'm giving Marvin, Marvin Lewis credit for. That's the reason why I can't get rid of you. you put, finding a quarterback is the hardest thing to do because yeah, obviously they got the weapons. Obviously they got the defense, but they don't have the quarterback. And that is the problem. As soon as Pete Carroll came into the league the second time, who did he draft? And where is he now? This is a quarterback coach situation in the NFL, the the whole NFL. If you have a good coach and you have a a good quarterback, you're going to go far. In Mm -hmm. Dalton, let's be honest, that game cannot be laid at the feet of Marvin Lewis because the play calling was not bad. Yes, the defense got pushed around a little bit, but to Ken's point, Andy Dalton didn't help him. No, I, I agree with that. So, 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 all I'm saying is, to me, I understand the whole voice. Yeah, he's been there for about a decade now. Yeah, he hasn't won no playoff game. But you know what? The team didn't necessarily look bad. The quarterback looked bad. Mm-hmm. The quarterback. And I say there's a lot of things that happen during the course of a football game that alters the end of the football game. So it's not right. all Andy Dalton, and I'm not saying it's all Marvin Lewis, and it's not all the defense. Everybody played a part. But the, the thing that jumps off the page, off the screen, and me watching the game, Dalton just looks inept. He does yeah, not he did. look like yeah. a, 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 a contending quarterback. He just did it. You determined to put Dalton on the bench. (laughs) Well, you know what though, and and I'm not going to fight for Dalton because he he didn't he didn't help himself. So Dalton deserves everything he gets. If Bernard holds on to that football and score, we may be having a different conversation. A different conversation. You know what I'm saying? Because cause up to that point, after everything that, that Cincinnati went through, they had a chance to go up, what, 14-3 or whatever, 14-7? Mm-hmm. You know, and now all of a sudden they, they're really seizing the momentum. So, like people said, Lewis really wasn't calling a bad game. Dalton decides he wants to be uh, 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 Nick out there and run a football the ball. <laughs> He decides he wants to drop back and 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 telegraph a throw to to uh, his oh, tight end. God. Dalton made terrible decisions, so I'm not gonna sit here and fight for this guy. But who I will fight for is Marvin Lewis, and I just disagree with him being asked at this moment because. And I'm glad you brought that up, people, because that's exactly where I was going to go. Carson Paul from Achilles Smith to Carson Palmer mm-hmm. to 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 Andy Dalton and and. and all of it, and for the last couple of years, Marvin Lewis has found ways to get this team double-digit wins once he had talent. And he's had some receivers. He's had Ocho Cinco, and he and he had some knuckleheads on that team. You know, and now, oh, yeah, now he, he has A.J. Green. So he, people's absolutely right. He turned that team into a winning team. They were at the bottom of the barrel with Cleveland. 
Cleveland and Cincinnati win. When you play Madden, you're not picking Cincinnati. <laughs> you know, not back then you were. You know, some of you that was that was as good as I was would say I, I can win with any team, so I'll pick them. But Achilles feels I am. I can't win with Cleveland. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, but 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 the point is that Marvin Lewis. Probably accumulated most of his win in the last few, few years. He, he, you know, hey, yeah, you just can't win them all. Ninety, so. ninety, and one. That's all I'm saying. I mean, that that that's what is. That's where he is now. Like I he's, said, there's something to be said for being the second longest in your out. coach. Huh? Now, this is a whole different team than the team he had with Kong oh, 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 Homer. Don't, don't get rebuilding. Shout out to my man Roll Tide in the chat room. He said the same thing. He said that you have to kind of measure. Cincinnati from where they were to where they are. Now, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that Cincinnati with the level, you, we all know that there's a certain uh, level of, as far as like your window of opportunity being open, that window starts closing and it, and it closes quick. And I'm just saying that from my perspective, I don't know if Marvin can get them over the hump before that window closes. It remains to be seen. I, but you guys are making some great points. I'm not going to sit here and, de- and debate the points. You, you guys are definitely, you know, made cases for Marvin, and I don't want to, um, you know, I'm not going. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to battle you guys on that one. Um, I, just, I, just, I, just got one, I just, I got, I, I got one more question. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. What, what, what do you want, man? You, you just want one playoff win? Is that all you're asking for? No. What <laughs> I, what I, if, if I'm a Cincinnati fan, what I don't want is I don't want to be beaten the way that I was beaten at home in front of everybody. And then for one, for for one, they didn't even sell out the game. That that right there tells me, you know, that says a lot. You know, maybe these no, maybe no, the fans no. are frustrated. Maybe they figure, okay, well, hey, we we're just gonna get the same old thing. We're gonna get blown blown out. I don't know. I only know one person that's a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I need to ask him why <laughs> or what happened to his team. But um, wow. but but yeah, man, I just don't know. Go ahead, FIFO. Just one win. With who? With who? Right. How you gonna get it? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look, I don't think it's Marvin Williams holding the team back. It is Andy Dalton. If you put any other of the how many quarterbacks are left? Eight quarterbacks? Yeah. In the NFL? Yeah. Give me any one of those eight quarterbacks, give me Cincinnati's roster, and I guarantee you we probably are playing for the Super Bowl. Any one of those eight. Andrew Luck, Jayton Manning, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. Uh, 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 um, the big Cam Newton. Come yeah. on, give me any one of them guys with Cincinnati. Cincinnati has a better roster than almost all of those teams I named, minus Seattle and San Francisco. Talk right. about them. Come on, Andy. Dalton. That's that's that, they have players. That's that's the one thing that I can we can honestly say they have players. It remains to be seen what's going to happen. Now you 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 touched then, on uh, San Francisco just a few minutes ago. Um. This weekend, Carolina, uh, San Francisco travels to Carolina. Carolina beat them uh, in week 10 um, during the regular season. Uh, Kaepernick said after the game, uh, we owe them. Uh, a little trash talk or whatever, you know, going into this week. So San Francisco obviously went to Green Bay, got the win in Frigid Lambeau Field. Uh, they come back. They got to make the cross-country trip to Charlotte. Uh, One o'clock start uh, for this game. Um, Carolina versus San Francisco. FIFO, who wins and why? Oh, man, you know, I'm going to be 100% honest. I'm going to be 100% honest. I really want to see Cam Newton win. I really do. Just because I, I think that 
he's going to be one of the people in sports that you're either going to love. You're going to love him when he's doing great, and when he struggles a little bit, the whole world is going to turn on him. And I think that's so unfair. But, but top to bottom, San Fran is a better team. And I already done said the NFC Championship is San Francisco at Seattle. Then you heard it here by your boy Pico first. Okay, okay. What about you, Ken? Carolina versus San Francisco. Who wins and why? I have a funny feeling that Carolina will win this game. That's just a feeling. But when I look at the teams, I see San Francisco winning. They just have more talent. They have the defenses. I think will will play toe to toe. But I think offensively. Uh, Colin has more to work with. He has Bolden, he has Crabtree back, he has Vernon Davis, you know, and then he has what the other guy from New York, you know, he has Frank Gore, uh, with the other guy James. He he has weapons. He he's not mm-hmm. the best thrower in the world, but he sure can. <laughs> right. And and I think they're going to let him do that in the playoffs. They're going to do whatever it takes to get a Super Bowl Super Bowl this year. They're not going to try. Any any tricks? I don't see it. If they do, they they're gonna cost themselves another Super Bowl. So talent wise on the offense, and and you know they have players that can make the plays that they'll need to make when they need to make them. When mm-hmm. I look on the other side of the ball, I just see Cam Newton. You got a, a, a brittle D'Angelo Williams. You know Steve Smith is hurt coming back from injury, but. You know how, how much does he have left, and who who who's on the other side? Brandon LaFell, who's hit a miss? Hell yeah! You know the the tight end. Do we even know his name? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh right. Oh, played it to you. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. So he, he you know he can play, but you know I, I I just don't think Carolina. And that's a that has always been my criticism of the Carolina uh, organization is they have failed to surround Cam Newton with with talent to play with, and um and somehow he managed to you know winners win, and he's done that this year, but um. Ah, I think when it comes down to it, I think uh, San Francisco just has – they have the weapons, man. They need to, to win. You know, and, and Cam, okay. Cam does. Okay. He doesn't have it. I, I'm going to go out on a limb. Uh, I'm going to say Carolina by three, man, and, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm, and I hate doing this because I don't – you know, Carolina's in our division. I'm a Falcons fan, obviously. Carolina's in the division, so I hate them. Um <laughs> so I really try not to root for them at all, but I think with the it, it's it's really about matchups, and I think Carolina matches up really well. And Carolina, people talk about the fact that the Forty ers have won six straight. Carolina has only Carolina has been they're seven and one at home. First and foremost, you know who the one loss they had at, at home it was against it was in the first week of the season against Seattle. Yeah. They lost twelve to seven. Okay. They play very well at home. Um, one thing I was telling, uh, I, I was tweeting about on Sunday during Sunday's game was one thing that stands out to me about Kaepernick, and there's no knock on him, but I think he has to get better at this. And they were talking about how when you know he sees man coverage, that's when he knows how to run or what have you like that. And of course, yeah, you can take, you know, if if you got man coverage, you know, once everybody turns their back and they're running, once you get through that first level, you're you're at the second level. You got maybe one man beat, and that's it. Um, and some teams will employ a spy. I don't think Green Bay did that. They probably should have. Well, Carolina's got this linebacker named Luke Keekley. You might have heard of him. The boy's bad. He's going to be wherever Kaepernick goes. 
all of that running around stuff that they did this past weekend, it's not going to be there. Carolina's defense is a top-five defense. Um, And that defense is going to keep it in the game. I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. When when Carolina beat them in Week 10, they went out to San Francisco to beat them. I think the score was like 10-9 or something like that. It was a close game. I think it's going to be more of the same. It's not going to be a shootout or anything like that because a banged-up Steve Smith – uh, like you said, Brandon LaFell, you just don't know what you're going to get. You can't count on Ted Ginn. Um, you're going to get a heavy dose. I think um, I think Stewart should be back. Uh, D'Angelo Williams will be running the ball. Cam will probably run a little bit, too. I just I like Carolina at home. I, I'm not, like I said, far from a fan, and I hate picking them, but I got to go with what I see, man. I think I'm, I'm calling upset, man. And, and they're the underdog at home, two-point underdog. Um, but I think it's going to be a hard – it's going to be smash mouth. It's going to be – I mean, like, whoever gets out of this game is going to be the walking wounded because this – Carolina flies to the ball. They, Like I said, they play really well at home. Um, and when it comes down to it, it, it may come down to who, who has the ball last. So I think we're going to be – we're going to see an exciting game this weekend when it comes to that. Um, the other NFC game, Saints-Seahawks. Ken, who wins that? Saints versus the Saints go out to Seattle to play against the Seahawks. Who wins that game, and why? I don't. I, I don't think this will surprise anybody. The Saints. I, I'm picking the Saints. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> I, it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but everybody knows that. <laughs> hey, hey, this hey, is what I do, baby. This is what I do. You took Carolina. I'm taking the Saints. And I'll tell you <laughs> why. Hey, you need to write this down too. <laughs> This is my limb. I'm on that limb. And like like what, what Skip Bailey said the other day, you can hear it cracking underneath my weight. Right. But this is a rematch game for the New York, New Orleans Saints. And they were flat out embarrassed the last time they played Seattle. They want some oh, payback. They, got, yeah, they, they got want some payback. And, um, and, and I think that Drew Brees is, is going to give it to them. And I think that the mystique of that Seattle dome, that Seattle crowd and playing at home and blah, 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 that all went out the window when they lost. So now all of a sudden teams can look like, you know what, they can't be beaten. They were beaten by, um, I think the Rams got them. Whoever, it don't matter. They were beaten. So now all of a sudden you're saying, you know what, we didn't play our best game, and I think we can compete with them. So they haven't seen what we got, but we saw what they got. So now all of a sudden, and so – I think that this will be a payback, and I think this will be a revenge game for the New Orleans Saints. And I think after seeing that they have finally lost the game in Seattle, I think they're like, "Well, if we're gonna do it, if we're gonna do it big, then let's go get it." Shit, <laughs> I, 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 I'm picking the Saints, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm going with the okay, Saints, man. Okay. And, Okay, it's crazy. I, you. I know, I know. But hey. yeah, I mean, hey, we, we got we got it down. Ken for uh, he's, he's going with the Saints. What about you, FIFO? Man, you already know, man. I'm going with Seattle all the way. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. You did. You did pick Seattle. Seattle. You did pick Seattle. Yeah, I don't care about all that that Ken talking about over there. <laughs> man, man, man. Look, come see this D. Come see this. Yeah, D. I, I got to go with FIFO, man. I think that that defense, man, that when they play and they're playing at home. And that place, that place is loud, man. It's just they play so well at home, man. It's hard for me to go again. And of course, like I said, the Saints are in our division, so I hate the Saints. I hate their fans. Um, I got a lot of friends with the Saints fans, and I, I like them, but I hate their team. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, and, but I'm all prejudices aside. I'm going with Seattle. Um, right now we got a caller calling in from area code 407. Let's not keep waiting. Calling you on the air with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where you calling from? My man, Dead. What's up, man? It's Boogie. Boogie, what's up, man? What's up, man? Man, I, all I got to say is today has been a crazy day. What's up? What's up? Because if you remember, I'm, I'm kind of backtracking on what y'all talking about. But you remember I told you that that one of my students ran that kickoff back for Florida State last night. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that, man, that kid wow. is so fast, man. Man, let me tell you, everybody in school, man, I, I ain't going to front. Barely nothing was taught today. I ain't going to lie. Nothing. <laughs> well, school was all hyped up because Whitfield ran a touchdown back last night. School was off the chain. They talk about new schools are coming through on Friday because I think old dude is coming home for the weekend or something like that. Okay. So he's going to come back and show his, you know, show his high school some love. A whole bunch of, um, whole bunch of teachers went to Florida State. They came in running out of the hallway doing tomahawk chops and stuff. <laughs> I mean, every, every teachers we playing the video, dude running down and scoring. It, it was just bananas today. But anyway, I right, just had to get that out. Um, <laughs> NFL picks. Okay. Because you talk about NFL picks, right? Um, right. I heard you mention, talk about Saints and Seattle. I really like you. I don't see Seattle losing at home. Just don't. Um, I think I think them losing that last game at home, even though it was a close game, I think they lost by like the last second field goal or it was like down to wire or whatever. I think that last game that they lost during the regular season woke them up. Mm-hmm. And with that defense and Beast Mode running the way he's running, I really don't see the Saints really putting up much of a fight. Plus the Saints that went out there already and got Molly Wops, so I don't see them going out there doing anything this time either. Right. But I honestly think the best playoff game of the weekend is going to be in Charlotte. Okay, okay. Because the 49ers and the Panthers are going to be a very good, hard-hitting game. Yeah, it's going to be physical. If you like hard-hitting, that's the game you want to see. It's definitely going to be one of them. But, I, I, you know me, I got an upset special this week. Okay, who you got? I got San Diego beating Denver. <laughs> hey, you must be smoking with Ken smoking. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I'm telling you, hey. everybody, I mean, granted, I, I know it's in Denver, and, you know, I, I could be wrong. But I remember looking at the, the last time San Diego played them. But granted, it was in San Diego. But if San Diego can run the ball and keep the ball away from Peyton Manning, yeah, and make Pat make Peyton Manning think he has to force things and he turns the ball over, it's it's going to be trouble because Denver has shown that their defense cannot stop a very good running offense. Okay. Okay. So, so I'm gonna stick to my guns. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the upset special is going to be Denver losing to San Diego. Yeah, but okay. I don't think San Diego has that great of a running game, though. I mean, do we? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I I I see where you're coming from. You know, control the clock. You know, pound it on the ground. Convert first down. Keep it out of Peyton Manning's hands. Um, but I don't know if 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 San Diego 
can do that consistently enough. And, you know, it's just kind of like what, what you said earlier about um, about Seattle. And I think losing to Denver could have very well, you know, woke uh, – I mean, losing to San Diego, you know, all, all of a sudden now Denver has a little bit something more to play for, you know, so. Okay. I'll I, I, I give oh, you that. I'll I give you that. But, but one thing that you've noticed over the past couple of years and teams that won the Super Bowl – they have not been the top seeds because the wild card has been continuously playing. And they've been on that role where they have that refuse-to-lose attitude. Instead of playing not to lose, they're playing to win because they're continuously playing. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Peyton Manning, that offense is more of a timing offense. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he gets the ball out real quick within the what, first right. two, three seconds and whatever, whatever. You give them a week off. And give them some pressure, and 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 I kind of harped them back to last night's game with Florida State of Auburn. Everybody thought that Auburn was not going to stop Florida State, and it took Florida State about a good what two and a half quarters to figure out if that figure out. Right, right. I think the same thing is going to happen when it down in Denver with San Diego. And the difference is San Diego has enough of a running game where they can keep the ball away. Now, now, now of course, I could be wrong in the defense of them. <laughs> you, you probably are. <laughs> <I'll bet>. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but all I'm going to say is watch and see if San Diego has success running the ball. If they have success okay. running the ball, Denver's in trouble. Okay, okay. And, hey, you and got anything else for tonight, man? That's, well, that's hold on, hold on a second. I think um, San Diego is definitely confident because they, they, they're like, you know what, we we've beaten them before, so we you know we can do it again. Right. Right. Um, you know, so I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, I and I'll give you that. You know, wild card teams have historically, you know, won uh, the Super Bowl. But if, if there's gonna be one, you know, I, I think it's gonna be San Francisco. Uh, you know, not San Diego. Now, you know, hey, look, they be, they beat them before. They could very well do it again. But right. um, you know, uh, and Peyton, and you know what, Rivers is, is playing some some really good football. I mean, he's 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 chucking the ball all over the field. Um, it, you know, it's going to come down to Peyton Manning, man, and, and, and you know, yeah, that rhythm offense. But Peyton Manning just got to be clutch. He just got to go out there and get it done. And we're going to be exactly. singing that same storyline that we've done before. But it, so, yeah. It's going to be an interesting game. Definitely, right. definitely, definitely. Right. You got anything that's, else for tonight, folks? That's it, man. Just want to chime in and, and hey, and bro. As in, always, man. Appreciate the support. Thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate that, man. Go on through your day and have a good time for us tonight. All right, bro. Mileage. For sure. Peace. Peace. Phone number boogie called area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Right now we got uh. The, the, the fourth member of the Dead End Sports crew. We got my man Peasy on the line. P, what's up, man? Oh, man. What's up, man? What up, though? What up, though? Sorry, Glad to have you on, bro. Glad to have you on. We're just talking That's a little uh, NFL talk right now, talking NFL playoffs. Um, we're giving our predictions uh, on the uh, playoffs. We just finished talking about uh, uh, Seattle and um, – Seattle and, and, and Seahawks this weekend. Uh, between those two teams, uh, who do you think is going to win that game uh, coming up this weekend? 
I had a conversation. I was having a conversation with my oldest son tonight, and he meant we were talking about Peyton Manning, and he said, "Well, Dad, Peyton Manning only has one ring." And I said, "Well, you know, son, it, it's right." I, I hate when people say only one, like because there's there's a slew of great players who never even played in a Super Bowl yeah, or never had right. a chance to win. I mean, Barry Sanders, who I think is one of the greatest running backs to ever play, never played in the Super Bowl. So, you know, does that diminish anything because he didn't and Emmitt Smith did or Walter Payton did? You know, and I just try to explain to him, like, that doesn't matter. I mean, Manning, when he retires, will have nearly every passing yeah. record known to man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So statistically, he's the best. Uh, whether or not you crown him the best or whether or not he's better than, you know, this guy, that guy remains to be seen. Um, but to answer your question, B, I, if he play, let's say he went out and stunk up the joint. Let's say he went out, let's say he went out and played an Andy Dalton type game uh, on Sunday. It wouldn't hurt his legacy, but it, it would, I, I'm not, well, it would hurt his legacy some, not a lot. I, I'll put it like that. What about what do, you, what do you think, Ken? Would it hurt him if they didn't win? If they got knocked out in the first round again? Yeah, yeah, it it it, it will, it will. Um, mainly because that's already the narrative. That that's what people are already talking about. You know, it, Kyle, you're right, man. How hard is it to win a Super Bowl? It is. It, it's people tough. Are, I mean, uh, and, and, and we throw it around like it's you know when we say, oh well, you know, and then we talk about it a lot in basketball. Well. He's got this many rings, and LeBron only. I mean, when you say a guy only has one ring, there's guys right now that will chop their arm off to get that ring. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't Damn think right. we should, as fans, should diminish that at all. No, right. no, absolutely not. But unfortunately, you, you said it earlier. Yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately, that's, in the society we live in, that's not how they look at it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, um, I, and I, he and will be he will be judged by that. And I guess, you know, I guess by the years you've been having, you know, I guess they're like, well, damn, yeah, this year and you still, you still uh, didn't get a ring. But look at look at Tom Brady, though. I mean, Tom Brady right. is he's not really getting that much slack for going undefeated and then losing the Super Bowl. Like, if you look at it, like, I think if it was Peyton Manning that did that, I think he would get more backlash than Tom Brady. Because it seems like people kind of, kind of, I ain't going to say almost forgetting, but they kind of like, yeah, nip it in the bud. He went undefeated, but they lost. They, they had to play against a good defense, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's like, it's, you know, why not? Be. If you're going to get Peyton Manning that, that same flag, if he loses the weekend, why not, you know, after the season he's having, why not come down on Brady like that after he went undefeated in the regular season and still because, lost in the winning Super Bowl? Because Brady got rings. Yeah. Rings yeah. with an S. Records, Randy Moss, like, they were just right. tossing it around like it's bad in like, easy mode. That's like hey. the Bulls going seventy two and ten and don't win a championship. It's like what? Look, I'm not, yeah. look, 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 B, 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 B. The way you pose the question, I am not disagreeing with you. Tom Brady should get Slack for that, but the reason why he doesn't get as much slack as Peyton Manning is because he got rings. Yeah, no, uh, that's, that's a great yeah, point, That's a great point. Yes, and I think the NFL and the media controls the story, the narrative. They don't want to bring it up because Brady is this golden boy that nobody wants to chat about or touch. They love the Patriots. And you go 19-1 and one and you lose the grand game and, 
oh, well, you know, hey, he has three already. So what? He just lost this game. It was a lucky throw by e, uh, Eli, who was beating Brady twice. You know, so I think it's just it's the way it's framed in the media, and they just don't bring it up. It never comes up, ever. You're right, B. Yep. It's never discussed, never. and I think that's it's the issue. Why, why are we not having the discussion? Why is it not part of the conversation? Yeah, it's like, well, come on now. Like, this dude went undefeated. <laughs> and, you, you know, that's crazy. That's crazy. That, yeah, that's it, it's interesting, and, and it's there, there's a there's a level of bias here. I, I I think we'd be crazy if we didn't admit to that. Um, it's I, I hope for Peyton's sake that he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't play that bad this weekend. Um, area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six is the number. Right now we got a caller from right here in the ATL. Area code four zero four four zero four. You're on the air with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where you calling from? Yeah, this is Naj, man. I'm uh, roll tied in the chat room, man. Naj, what's up, man? Oh, not much, man. Sitting back, sipping on some Remy, bro. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Especially on a cold days. night like tonight. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, man, y'all, <laughs> y'all what you got for us tonight? To- y'all laying it out on the topics, man. I, I got to say, though, the, the biggest thing is QBs get way too much blame and way too much credit, and that drives the narrative, as you was talking about. And it, it makes these stories out of guys' careers to where you're just like, okay, he has two rings, this guy has zero rings, okay, therefore he's not good. And right. the reality of it is football is the ultimate team sport. So if your team's not right, you ain't getting no chip, man. That's just what it is. Dan Marino yep. or whoever you are, you ain't getting a chip if your team is not complete. And, you know, that, that criticism is thrown around way too much. And it also, you know, gives guys an alibi, like y'all were talking about with Brady. Uh Brady wasn't the Brady we know now back then when he was winning those chips. Now, if you want to be real, that first one, he was game manager Brady. But you right. know what I mean? You can't say that in, in regular remember sports that, media though. without getting jumped on. Uh, going to these games this week, man, I'm really worried about Cam. I want to see Cam shine. But with, with those weapons he has, man, I, I just really don't see it. I think San Francisco is going to walk in there and, and, and beat up the Panthers. Cause I don't think they'll be able to put much on the board. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, the, the Denver game, I, I think Denver wins that game, man. Uh, Peyton Manning is not going to go out that way again. I, I think he's going to handle his business and at least get to an AFC championship game before he starts that starts that uh, that choke stuff. And, <laughs> man, I don't trust, trust Phillip Rivers, man. I don't know what dude is on, but Phillip <laughs> Rivers might need to be tested for some kind of substance, man. Dude. Good old country just, boy, man. <laughs> That's country all I can say. It's something about him, man. I don't, I don't know, man. I wouldn't buy a used car from Philip Rivers. Let me just put it hey, like that. Hey, I, I, not to jump off topic real quick, but did y'all know Philip Rivers has seven kids? Yeah, man. No. I did not. I, I heard it the other day. I'm going to come up in the media. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, I'm assuming that they're all from his wife. I'm, I'm assuming. I don't know. I just heard he has yeah, seven. Yeah, him and wife can get it in. Okay. Yeah, him wow. and wife can get it in. Wow. Wow. Ahead, I, I don't trust that dude, man. It's just something about him. I don't know. So I, I don't think they're going to pull it out. And as far as the, the Bengals, like you guys talked about earlier, if they fire Marvin Lewis, bring him down to ATL, man. Let us get rid of boring Mike Smith. We'll run him in there, man. He'll be able I'll to build something out there. Yeah, I'll all day, him. man. He's a real guy. Uh, I, I addressed it in the chat. I don't know if you talked about it on the show. A.J. McCarron's mom and her little yeah. – 
raggedy tweet about uh, Jameis Winston after the game talking about how the man speaks. The boy's from a country town in Alabama. Hell yeah, he's country. So? Yeah. He came into FSU with a 4.0 GPA. You cannot judge people's intelligence by how they speak, and I'm sick of people doing it, man. Shout out to Bro. Winston and them Florida State boys for doing what they did last night. Uh, that was an epic top top five all-time uh, college championship game last night, man. And I was really entertained by those boys out there playing for free. Yes, sir. Yep. Yes, sir. That <laughs> That's is all so I true. got, man. That's so you know true. what, man? Hey, God, thanks for calling in, man. We definitely appreciate it, man. All right. Pass the word on the show. Well, I'll let you. Phone number Naj called area code 646-478-0356. Um, man, great points he made, man. Great points he made. I, I, I did see the, the tweets, and it was – I, I don't know if people aren't going to realize that even if you delete a tweet, it's still there. I mean, people can Somebody still got see it. it. So, yeah, everybody's right. got it. And, and anybody can screenshot it and – you know, I mean, and the stuff that you posted today, Ken, on your on your Facebook page, somebody actually tweeted it to us late last night. Um, you know, some racist tweets about Jameis after the game, and probably some pissed off Auburn fans. Um, you know, anybody would anybody get keyboard current. You know, what's that but, noise? What's that? I keep hearing it, make like someone's moving or something. <laughs> you know what, like the last half hour of the show, somebody starts moving around and we started getting all kind of uh, noise and stuff. Um, man, what was that? But, but yeah, it, it's, you know, it's okay. unfortunate when you hear that kind of stuff. Um, the last game of this weekend is going to be the uh, Colts versus Patriots. FIFO, uh, who are you rolling with that one and why? Oh man, I, I'm I'm a roll with the coach, man. Uh, mainly because I believe in luck. Um, he he he's the truth. He's the truth. He, man, they gotta put, they gotta get some more weapons for him though. But uh, I, I'm gonna just roll with the coach. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna get super analytical. I'm gonna just give you all my little personal pick for my little personal reasons. But I, I just really like luck, man. I I think I think that they win this next one. And this is gonna put them like on the map. People gonna be like, "Oh, okay. Well, we gotta respect these coaches, you know." But um, yeah, I'm just, I'm rolling with the coach just simply because. Okay, I'm okay, with well, the upset. Okay. What about you, Ken? Uh, who Patriots versus the Colts? Who wins? Man, I'm 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 riding with the homeless people on this one, man. As soon as I saw the matchup, wow. I was like, okay. "Oh, Indy's taking that one." Um, Colts. Uh, FIFO called it, man. Lost the real deal. Um. You know that that what he did last week. You know, shows a, a, a never say die. You know, attitude to uh, throw all those picks and then come back and just keep coming. He just keep coming like a rabbit dog. You can't get him off you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and um and, and and you know it was too much for a depleted Kansas City uh, Chiefs team. And Belichick is a great coach. And you know uh, they <laughs> the Patriots kind of implore that same. Dink and dunk offense that uh, Skip Bayless was uh, shaming Winston for, you know, with the receivers and talent that he had. And they're a little hurt, and they're playing backups. So um, I think it's going to be a physical game, and I think that the Colts will. I think Luck just may have enough. He, he may have what it takes to win this game, mainly because of the adversity that he went through and losing Reggie Wayne early, struggling to adjust to playing without him. T.Y. Hilton coming into the forefront 
of the offense and, you know, being that number one guy. And I think he has his guy. And now Derek Rogers stepped up. So I'm rolling with FIFA on this one, man. I, I think I think Love's going to gonna put it on them boys, man. I, I don't think Brady's ready. Okay. What about you, B? Who, who are you rolling with this weekend, Patriots uh, or Colts? Um, I want to say Patriots just off default that they're going to be at the Gillette Stadium. But, I mean... We to see, man. I'm gonna go with Brady, man. I can't bet against Brady, man. I think, I think, <laughs> I think, I think at home, I think at home, man. You know, I think Tom Brady and company and Bill Belichick and them going gonna come up with a great team. Even though Brady don't have all his weapons, but you know, we don't. I, I, I'm gonna say Brady, man. Luck, luck gonna have to prove himself this game. If he go into a, to that stadium and get a postseason win, then he like like people say he gonna put himself on the map. Okay, okay. Um... I, I got to go with Patriots. Uh, like I said, I, I can't. For me, I'm just not. It, it, it's hard for me to pick against Manning, excuse me, Brady. against Brady at home. I mean, that's just, that's tough for me. I think it'll be a very good game, though. I think, uh, you know, the Colts showed last week that they have, I think last week, man, probably was one of the best games that they played, you know, as bad as they, you know, for them falling behind, but they didn't give up. And they didn't quit when they easily could have. Um, Those are the Chiefs one for real. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, and you know what, man? When, it, when, when, when it was, the that. meltdown was happening, I was I was out with the family. We were at Dave and Buster's. I was watching the game on TV. And much like everybody, I walked out. You went play some games, walked back in front of the TV, and I'm like, wait a minute, this game is you know, it's really happening right now. Um, yep. and, and, oh, they went for real. You, okay, B, let me jump back to that real quick, B. You said that the Colts, that uh, excuse me, that the uh, Chiefs weren't for real. I'm gonna ask you guys: the Chiefs did rest some players that last game of the season because the game didn't quote unquote mean anything to them. Do you think that that had an effect on how they played this past week? Because we've seen this before, where teams rest guys and then they come out the next week and lose. Do you think that that makes a difference? Anybody? I mean, anybody can take that. All right, you know. Honestly, for me, not not for an Andy Reid team because he's done it in the past, and I believe, you know, he he has a winning record when he does that going into the okay. playoffs. So for Andy Reid teams, no. Historically, yes. You know, especially for the Colts. You know, all those years, they're like 14-2, and two, you know, heading into the playoffs. They done sat like the last two games, and, you know, they just... For some reason, it doesn't work for them. It worked for Andy Reid teams, so... No, I'm, I'm going to say I don't, I don't think it really was a big cause for anything positive or negative in that game against the Colts. I just think the Colts uh, just had a historic comeback, man. Um, you know, again, almost like the Jameis Winston situation, uh, Andrew Luck didn't play his best statistical game, mm-hmm. but when they needed him, he made his mistakes. And I always say it, it's not about making mistakes because we're all human, and especially in football, because it is hard to, you know, come back from a turnover. But it's when you make them, you have to allow sure. your sure, team to, to, to make the plays when they count. And that's the thing. And I know I'm going to go way to the left, and then boys not even out here playing. But, oh, no, that boy Tony, oh, no, in that fourth quarter, that's what happens, man. <laughs> and I just think that is the whole organization, but we're not going to go over there. But, yeah, man, um, yeah, that's how I feel. I'm going to leave it there. What about you, Ken? Uh, play your guys, man. Play, you know, you, you're playing that week. Put them in. Play them for at least half a game. You know, um, I, I, yeah, 
get your guy. It's not like basketball where you're going to go and play seven games or five games potentially and, mm-hmm. and they need rest because it's an 82-game series. And, yeah, football is right. brutal, but, you know, play your guys and play them, man, and, and, and go into the, the playoff keep, keep five with, with rhythm, right. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, I'm I'm all for playing guys. I think one of the things that stood out to me, uh, even though they ultimately did not win the Super Bowl, but the fact that they got there um, when the Patriots won that run and they were chasing history, you know, they had already had the division locked up. They had already had home field locked up, and they asked Belichick, "Hey, are you going to rest your guys?" Belichick said, "Hell no, I'm not resting them." And I mean, right. like he kept, and you know, and they said, "Well, you know." Obviously, guys can get hurt. He said, "Guys can always get hurt." He said, it's, "You know, this." We said, "You you can't play the game like that. You have to." He said, "Anytime I, my team lines up, I'm playing to win. And the best thing for me to do, my best yep. chance at winning, is to, um, you know, I can't win with my third string team out there. I got to have my starters out there." And he played his yep. guys. So, um, I'm not a fan of resting guys. I it, it, I play them. You know, like B said, even if you only play them for a half play them because there's something that falls into your mentality as a player you know if you know that you're not playing that Sunday then you you know you lack lackadaisical in your preparation and you mm-hmm. just you know you you have a, a, a there's a letdown basically and the last thing you want to do going into the playoffs is have a letdown now did this cause them to blow a 28 point lead I don't think so but you know it's teams haven't fared well when it came to when it comes to resting their players um you're listening live to Dead End Sports. Once again, Dead End Sports. I am your host, 12 Kyle. Um, man, the next question, man, I've been dying to ask you guys, and I, I was going to ask you guys on Twitter, and I wanted to save it for the show because I got into a heated debate, argument with, like, four of my boys. Um, Johnny Manziel, Money Manziel, the money team, whatever you want to call him, um, he is eligible to come out for the draft. Uh, he has not declared as of yet. Uh, the last report that I saw was that he wants to speak with his parents first and his family before making a decision whether or not he's going to turn pro. Um, I keep hearing these quote-unquote experts talk about, you know, his X factor and what he does and what he'll bring to a team as far as, uh, you know, box office, as far as people coming to see him. They like to see that kind of play. Personally, I don't think that what he did in college will translate into the NFL. Nope. So I can and, and my boys seem to think that Johnny Manziel is going to be a NFL quarterback. I think that he's. I think that somebody will draft him and he will be out of the league after his contract. I'm gonna start with you, Fifo. How do you think Johnny Manziel will fare in the NFL? Well, let's just say that your boys probably wouldn't want to talk to me either, man, because I see exactly what you see. Um, Here's the thing when it comes to college quarterbacks becoming NFL quarterbacks, at least the things that I look for. Number one is you don't have to have power and accuracy, but you have to have one or the other to survive in the NFL. Mm -hmm. You know, the accurate quarterbacks have the longer careers. The cerebral ones have longer careers. If everything above your waist makes you special, then you're going to have a long career as a quarterback. If it's everything below your waist that makes you special, then you're probably not going to fare that well long-term in the NFL. Just, it is what it is. Manziel, to me, he's, in, he, he's a fairly accurate quarterback. I, I saw his improvement this year, 
But he doesn't have to me. Every time I see him throw balls, and even when he puts his mustard on it, I just mm-hmm. the NFL windows are so much smaller. I don't think yeah. he has enough arm strength to get the ball where it needs to go when it needs to be there. Not saying he can't throw. He he, he can throw. He can play QB. But it's just there's certain throws in the NFL that if you don't have that cannon, short area, because even Alex Smith will put it on you. I just I don't see Manziel doing that. I haven't seen him do that. So I don't know if he can do that. And the thing that makes him special in college football are his legs. And he's not that fast. He's athletic. He can, he can move. He can be shifty. I think that inside the pocket, he can be nifty and creative and get away from people kind of like Tony Romo. But some of the wild cowboy shit that he does, that that's not going to work in the NFL, man. It, it, it's just not. It's just not. So I, 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 oh, I, I don't know if he'll be out of the league once his contract is up, but I, I, just, I don't think that he's going to be an NFL star. But at the same time, I think he has enough moxie about himself that maybe he I think he could prove his doubters wrong. I, I, I think that he does have that, that chip on his shoulder that he always wants to be the best and prove people or whatever. But I, I just I don't know, man. If I had to bet on it, I, I wouldn't I would I, I wouldn't draft him. That's just me. Okay, okay. What about you, uh, B? Uh Money Manziel, uh, how do you think he's gonna fare in the NFL? No, uh, not good at all. I, I just, I mean, I, he, he's going to go down as, you know, a great college quarterback that he's going to be in the NFL. And people going to be like, whoa, what happened to that guy? Like, he was a beast in college and, you know, in NFL. He's just going to be another quarterback that don't translate to the NFL window. One, he don't have that. He don't have that NFL body ready, I don't think, to me. Like some quarterbacks that come into the league. You know, he's that quarterback that comes into the league that's just physically opposing. You know, he just... He's not a physically opposing quarterback. I mean, the only quarterback I can think of off the top of my head that's really not physically opposed that's balling or that's been balling is Drew Brees. But, but you know, right. if that's going to be Drew Brees, hell no. Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, Russell Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not too many of them that's not physically opposing that still do well. Most quarterbacks are pretty much physically opposing, man. And man, Zell just don't have that NFL-ready body, man. I, I, like I said, I just don't think he's going to translate to the NFL very well. He's going to go down as a great college quarterback, and that's about it. Like you said, I give him about maybe three, four years top, and that's it. You don't forget about him in the NFL. Okay, okay. What about you, Ken? You know what? <clears throat> I agree with everything everybody has said here, and I, I've, I've been low <laughs> on Manziel um, after his first season. And and going over four, you know, in, in the SEC kind of helped validate what I've been thinking this whole time. Yeah, you can come in and surprise everybody running around the field. Vic did it when he came in the league. They figured that out. Where's Vic right now? You know, struggling. Of course, he he's responsible for some of that, but you get the picture. You know, so um, so no, I don't think he will fare very well in the NFL. Uh, B, I think you laid out some great points about just just his stature. It's not stocky enough, you know. Uh, uh, right, what's man. the guy in San Francisco if he get a hold of him? You know what I'm saying, Bowman? Oh, what if Bowman get a hold of him? Yeah. Yeah. It don't matter. Any yeah. one of them. What, what happens? What, what happens? He's not gonna get up. He's gonna fall. <laughs> so you know he's gonna look like AJ McCarron's uh, girl on the sideline when they lost that Super Bowl. Hands on her on her mouth, just 
just like like oh my god this just can't be happening to my my boo right now but i do want to throw this uh wrinkle into this conversation russell wilson has managed to make a career um for himself uh with the offense that that he that they're running for for him in seattle so if he does get with the right team and they are able to implement that and, and play to his strengths successfully, and it, he may have some success until, of course, they figure it out because I think they haven't figured out Russell Wilson yet, even though Russell Wilson is more cerebral and, and uh, you know, just he studies the game and all the other stuff. So I think there's an opportunity there for Manziel. I just don't think that all of that, that three stooges running around the field stuff that he does will translate yeah. into the Someone NFL. Lay him out. Lay oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got defensive linemen that can, that can yeah. run like linebackers yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. It's not going to yeah. happen. So, yeah, linebacker going to lay him out quick. He's going to be like, holy shit, I can't do this. And, that, and that's the thing that I tried to tell my boys. And like I said, we, we got into it. And it was just, you know, and, they, and their thing was, well, you just hate man. I, I don't hate man. I, I, I like the kid. I think he's, you know, he he, he put a, a he put a, a a very indelible mark on college football. Uh, he made some plays this year. I mean, that that play in the um, in the Sugar Bowl was sweet. I mean, who does that? I mean, not Sugar Bowl in the uh, uh, Peach Bowl was sweet. Um, you know, he's got the na- nickname Johnny Football, and you know, he won the Heisman and everything like that. But like FIFO said, you can't use that wild cowboy shit. Though it doesn't translate in the NFL because you know guys like Cam Newton um, or Ben Roethlisberger, bigger quarterbacks who may may use their legs to to move around, not necessarily to run. Even Kaepernick, Kaepernick's not he's not big as far as like he's not two fifty or anything like that. But he's but he's tall. He's tall. He's six five. So you know Manziel is Manziel might be six feet. And you can't compare him to Breeze because Breeze was in, even though Breeze is undersized for a quote-unquote prototypical quarterback, Breeze played in the system in uh, at Purdue where he threw the ball all the time. You know, he was in a post-out offense. He wasn't in a wildcat. He wasn't in, you know, wasn't running the spread or anything like that. Um, that being said, you know, for shorter quarterbacks, you have to create lanes for him. That's one of the reasons why Philadelphia, when Vic drops back, he drops back as far as he can because he needs throwing lanes. If not, his balls mm-hmm. get a lot of his balls get batted down. Uh, mm-hmm. You roll those guys out. You know, could he be a wildcat quarterback or some type of gimmick guy? Of course he could. But you know, that running around, jumping and stuff like that, you get killed because they're they're defensive linemen. And and keep in mind now, Johnny Manziel is not. He doesn't run a four two. So he's not fast, and he might be about 205. So he's not big. He's not physically big. So, you know, it, it, I, I just, it's no hate. I, I think he's a good kid. I think he will, you know, but I don't think you draft him in the first round or you waste a draft, uh, early draft pick on him just to put butts in the seat because, you know, he's not. He's a gimmick. You know, he's not you somebody that's going to be out there every day. You know what, Kyle? When 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 you're a smaller quarterback and you don't have the prototypical size, the intelligence, all this and all that, you better have that arm. You better have that prototype arm because that's that's the one saving grace. Even with Michael Vick's wheels, yo, that that boy got it. He still got that cannon for an arm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, he definitely. You know what I'm saying? Yep. 
and, and if you're a smaller guy, like, it's funny, me and my boy, we always call them superpowers. Like, what are your superpowers in terms of an athlete, you know, regardless of the sport that you play? And when you look at Vic, yo, I, he arguably still has one of the strongest arms in the NFL. I personally think it's between Aaron Rodgers and Cam Newton. I think mm-hmm. those two guys probably have the strongest arms in the NFL and Matt Stafford. And, boy, that boy, he'd be putting him, man, throwing them darts out there. But, you know, if you're a small guy, man, if nothing's prototypical about you, that arm better be, right? You're not going to survive. You, you just – because because there's, there's not going to be any reason – for you to stay in the NFL You're not the size You don't have the accuracy You don't have the arm strength You don't have necessarily the same mobility in the NFL That you did in college Why are you on this team? Mm-hmm. And, and you gotta bring something to the table You gotta bring something to the table So I, I mean I, I hope he does well um, You know And like I said I, I hear all these experts talking about His intangibles and this and that You know very similar to what they said about Tebow, but I, I haven't heard anybody say, "Okay, well, hey, I would take him in the first round." Because I would take him in the first round. You know, but he, Manziel and, can and, throw. Tebow can't throw. Well, yeah, Tebow can't throw. And Tebow is with ESPN, which is probably the best fit for him right now. We got about ten minutes left in the show. I'm sorry, about fifteen minutes left in the show. You still got time to hit us up six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Um, a little basketball talk. Uh, wow, I think at some point in time, late last night after the BCS championship game, uh, the oh Cleveland Cavaliers and the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm sorry, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Chicago Bulls uh, pulled off a trade trading away Luel Ding for Andrew Bynum. Uh, as you guys know, Andrew Bynum was suspended by Cleveland for a few games for conduct detrimental to the team. Um, word on the street is that Bynum was sleeping with one of the assistant coach's wives. Oh. So uh, that probably would be conduct detrimental to the team, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but Bynum is a guy, a big guy, who has you know, had, a, had a lot of talent but has, has injuries um, and really hasn't lived up to his potential. Uh, Chicago obviously struggling with uh, D. Rose out of the lineup and, um, you know, seems to be – for lack of a better term, throwing in the towel for the season. Um, Chicago's going to cut uh, Bynum. They have and, of them. course, there are going to be some teams that are going to be suitors. So I'll ask you, Ken, uh, where does Bynum end up, and would you want him on your team? Miami. Okay, I'm reaching. I don't know if he's going to go to Miami. <laughs> Uncle but, Greg Oden. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, if, if, if they got a chance to All get right. him, I bet you they'll, they'll go get him. And yeah, I think Bynum would come there and play because he's playing on a winning team. That Bynum just – Bynum <laughs> is, is, is just – he's a big guy. I don't want to say things, the wrong thing. He might see me. But uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Hey, don't um, come see you like Wale. Unfortunately, like he man, he, he, <laughs> he's a little – he's immature, man. He has all of the talent in the world. He can rebound. He can shoot free throws. He got a, a, an offensive game. He can block shots. Like he 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 has it all, man. He could be the next best great center in the in the NBA. And he just he just wasted away. He's like he's like uh what's that guy Fifo that managed to turn himself around in Miami Beasley, you know. 
You know, it's just, it's just disappointing to see this guy just waste his, his NBA career away. But I think he, he goes to Cleveland, which was a great fit. And they could have won some games that just got off to a slow start. And, you know, I mean, you know, and, and they started losing. And he's not used to that. He's used to winning in L.A. And, you know, he was good with that. So um, if there's a team that could, could get him and, and, and talk some sense into him, it, it would be Miami. And that would be scary, but I don't know if they want that headache. They already they already took a chance on Beasley. I don't think they're going to roll it and older. I don't think they want to roll the dice again. Um, but that that's all I got, man. Other than that, I I don't think anybody's going to want a guy that don't want to play. Man, right? man. And, and that's just what it is. Man, look, look, Cal, I'm going to tell you just like this. Almost every team in the NBA wants a seven foot one, two hundred and some odd pound behemoth of a human. On a championship team So let's be real And San Antonio is a good fit for Andrew Bynum Because it was going straight after Greg Oden Just like Miami And I think that Bynum fits in San Antonio Now That's only if Popovich feels like he can Coax Bynum to being a championship center The same way Phil Jackson did Now if he has that type of control over him Then you know what San Antonio is a marvelous fit for him um, but outside of that, I just think championship teams. Uh, why is Bynum going to go play anywhere else? He already made a $6 million for this year. He's good. Nope. He has, though. So right now he just wants to play for a winner. You know, and he doesn't he necessarily. He has, exactly. He has rings. So I think San Antonio is a good place for him. I think Miami as well. But like you said, I don't think they want to take another chance with with a third guy like that. You know, BZ, he's all right. He doesn't need another guy that's a knucklehead on that squad like that. You know, Greg Oden was never a knucklehead, just a bust, just been injured. You know, but right. these are these are chances and risks already. I don't know if you want to take on another chance or another risk. San Antonio, I think it's worth it for them, mainly because. Kawhi Leonard has underperformed this year. You know, Tim Duncan's Tim Duncan, so let's not in Ginobili and all these guys. You know, Bellinelli has stepped up. But Bynum adds a real interesting mix to that. You know, because Thiago, he's not the guy that they wanted him to be, but Bynum can add that physical punch. You know, and, and that that's a formidable front court if you play Bynum and, and Tim Duncan together. You know, hey, hey. That that's I don't care who you are. That's a problem. Okay. What about you, B? Uh, where do you think Bynum's going to end up, and would you want him on your uh, Detroit Pistons? Hell no, I don't want him on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, happy. I'm, 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 I'm happy with Andre Drummond and Greg Monroe, man. Shoot, leave those guys on the play. You know what? I, I agree with the statement Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said. I think like about a week or two ago. Bottom just don't want to. He don't care about playing basketball right now. And you know, I don't I, team that he's gonna go to. I don't. I have no idea. I don't know if anybody want to deal with the headache after his fiasco out in Philadelphia, and then you know coming to Cleveland. Like Ken said, he was in a pretty you know good situation with a young young group group of guys, and you know now he just. I just don't think he do want to play basketball. I wouldn't take a chance on him. I would. I wouldn't spend no millions to take. I don't care if he is seven foot. Seven foot six, whatever. It, it, I'd rather have someone that's six foot eight that want to give me, you know, give me hard work and play hard than someone that's seven foot that don't even act like they want to play some basketball with with, with good talent. You know what I'm saying? So 
I don't want him in my squad. Until he showed me he want to play some basketball or mm-hmm. he care about playing basketball, then come holler at me. But I don't want that headache. I don't want him. Y'all can have him. What about you, Ken? Oh, I, yeah, I, I, I've already addressed it. Okay, Remember? okay, my bad. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm much like you guys, man. I think um, I need to know whether or not he's serious about playing. You know, and, you know yeah. the old saying, you can't coach height. And we, we, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on one of the shows about the fact that there are very few centers, true, true centers left in the game, true big men left in the game. Um, and he's he's definitely one of them, you know, when when healthy. Um, I, you know, when, every time I think about Bynum, and I think back to, I don't know if it was when he was a rookie or it was maybe his, his second year, and remember that there was – there was an audio, there was an audio or video or something clip of Kobe, and he was mad and he was cussing about Bynum or whatever, and he was, you know, basically saying he didn't want Bynum on the team or what have you, and um, you know, so I, I, I just remember hearing that, and I just I think about that, and I just I question whether or not he wants to play, and if if you don't want to play, like you, like B said, you know. It, it doesn't matter how tall you are. It doesn't matter how many rebounds you can get. If your heart ain't in it, then you're wasting your time. and You're wasting everybody wasting else's time. time. Man. Um, and, I don't want that. Know, I'd rather have, you know, give me Muggsy Bowes. You know, give me somebody small. Give me Spudwood. I don't care. You know, give me somebody who's going to go out there and bust their tail for me and my franchise and my teammates. Um, I don't want somebody out there wasting my time and just, you know, out there to collect a check. Because at that at right. this point, you know, that's, that's all he's getting. You know, he's not getting right. a ring, you know, and he's, Obviously, I mean, who wouldn't want to play with Tim Duncan? Or who wouldn't want to play with LeBron? Um, but like you said, where he ends up, I think it has to be the right situation. It has to be a strong coach, you know, like a Popovich or somebody like that. Um, but then ultimately it's got to be on him because, you know, team's going to – and one thing about that, at this stage of the game, you can't fake it whether or not you really are serious about playing. You either are or you aren't, you know, because of the demands that NBA has. Um so if he's not serious about it, it, it'll show up. It'll show up really, really soon. Um, phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. This is Dead End Sports. Right now we got another caller calling from 865, calling you on the air. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, man, it's Starworth. I'm calling from Mississippi right now. Starworth, what's up, man? What up, man? Look, y'all see they didn't talk about Bonham, but y'all keep forgetting this dude is a potato chip. So it ain't about where he, it ain't about where he's gonna play. It's about how much you're gonna get out of it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's, can't, you know, that's been a knock on him all his career. Can he stay healthy? I mean, you know, like everybody talks about Uncle Greg. You know, he got his bad knees, but Bobby's probably missed just as much time as Greg Oden quite as kept. But you know what? But man, you know what? I think Bynum, the thing is, Starwood. So he's been. He's been. Uh, an integral part of what the Lakers did when the Lakers were successful. So people still go back to that. We haven't seen, I don't think we've seen anything that Greg Oden's done, you know, professionally, because he's been hurt. 82 games. All we've seen is Greg <laughs> Oden is 82 but, but now, games exactly. And, now, and, the thing with, and the thing with Bynum, man, he's kind of like Eli Manning. Like one year he's off, and then the next year he's a championship center. So, you know, it, 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 I think if he gets on the right situation with the right coach, like a Popovich, that can motivate him and do all that, you know, Popovich stuff that he do, I think he'll be fine in San Antonio. But I, I think it's only really two teams. I think Bynum has pushed himself that far out of contention with every wow. other team. 
and, 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 and his mentality that right now is really only two teams. There's only two teams willing to put up with that headache to really go for a championship. But they, but but I, I guess what, what I'm saying is that even, you know, everybody talking about what he did in L.A. One, he was playing with Kobe in his prime, and he had Paul Gasol. So he didn't have, mm-hmm. all you had to do was stand there. He didn't really okay. do nothing that instrumental for L.A. now. You could throw and, and, and any big body in L.A., and, and it would have been just productive as he, as he was. And, 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 I, and I feel you, and that's why I say you can't coach seven one two sixty something. If he goes to any one of those situations, that's exactly what he has to do. I don't have to be the guy. I can be the third, fourth guy. I can be the, the guy on the second team. It don't really matter because they're not looking for me to be the main guy to score 35 points and, and, and hit the game winning uh, free throw or something like that. That's not what they're asking Bynum to do. Man, be big, catch the ball, take some shots. But that's the problem. He wants to be that. Like, in his mind, he thinks he's that guy. That's he's not. That's the whole, <laughs> that's the whole fallout between him and Kobe. Well, no, yeah, that, he, that, he, that, he's that. definitely not that. We we can we can all attest to that. Now, Star, you you you've seen Johnny Manziel up close and personal because uh, my man Star, he coaches for uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, what's your take on Manziel, man? Do you think that he can be successful in the NFL? You know what, and and. I, when I, I wanted to get to y'all early about this. I'm going to take you all back on this name. Eric Crouch. Oh, uh, oh, we need it. Yeah, Nebraska, quarterback. Yeah. Crouch was a, a, a great college quarterback, hell of an athlete, but, you know, he wasn't no, re- you know, he wasn't no real quarterback. Manziel real, ain't no real quarterback. He's a great athlete. I won't take nothing away from him. He makes plenty, you know, but if you really study his game and watch what he does, He's not putting the offense together. He's not going to put a drive together. He's not, you know, like James Winston, he did what he had to do last night to win that game. And I don't want to hear it, Kyle, but he did what he had to do to win that game. <laughs> you know, I, Johnny, he's not going to make those, he's not going to run a team like that to win you games. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, you know, okay. I mean, I don't, well, that you know, was I don't, my I don't point. Think, yeah, no. Yeah, that was that was my point. That was my point. And like I said, there's no hate on on Manziel. I mean, you you've seen him up close and personal for the last two years. You know, Mississippi State playing against uh, at, uh, Texas A&M. But um, you know, I just I don't think that that translates to the NFL. That's that was just my only take on it. Yeah, and that, and, that, and that's why I said I've always agreed with you on that. He's a great college player, but you know, to talk about an NFL player, that you don't understand. That's you don't want the best of the best. And to right. say that a team is going to hang their, their hat on you being a franchise quarterback, uh-oh. No, he could, he could easily be a backup. But to say I'm going to draft you in the first round, you're going to be the, the face of my franchise, and as a head coach, I'm putting my career in your hands? Nah, buddy. Can't do it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm hey, like my secretary now. Can't do it, won't do it. Hey, Stone, <laughs> we up against the break, man. We got about 90 seconds, man. Thanks for calling in, man. Hey, no problem. Hey, man, y'all keep up the good work on the show, man. Hey, appreciate it, bro. Yeah. We got about 90 seconds left, man. Man, this show flies by so quick, man. Want to thank everybody for tuning in. Got to thank my man Stallworth for calling in, Naj, as well as Boogie. Um, Thank everybody for tuning in, hitting us up on Facebook as well as Twitter. Uh, Make sure that you check out our website, deadendsports.com. 
hit us up on Twitter at Dead End Sports. Uh, hit us hit us up individually on Twitter as well at BZ430 at FIFO247 at KBings B-I-N-G-E and at 12Kyle. Um, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, we're high and heavy. We're going to be talking about the NFL. We're going to be talking about uh, the playoffs, the NBA as well. Um, so for Ken, B, FIFO, uh, this is 12 Kyle. We're going to holler at you guys next week. Peace. 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 Peace.